0: You're Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Wild. your Minnesota Wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your host, Joe Bully. And with me, is Tony Abbott. And we're both... From 10krings.com. Tony. How you doing?
1: You know what, Joe? I am. Uh, I'm doing all right this week. Uh, just, uh, just trying to uh, to get with a new job that I uh, I started, and uh, yeah, like uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm doing all right at it, and uh, yeah, get to get to do some writing that's not sports writing, which is kind of a yeah. fun, interesting twist. But uh, I, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm adjusting just nice.
0: Are you learning anything?
1: I am I am learning things I don't wanna I don't wanna say what it is or anything like that but uh, uh <laughs> but today I'm learning a lot about the Harry Potter movies
0: All right you know stuff that no normal human should probably know, right That's kind of the stuff
1: uh I mean. You know, like, I don't think anybody should like support J.K. Rowling or anything like that, but like, I think (laughs) if you know about the Harry Potter movies, I don't think that's a bad thing, per se.
0: Right. Okay. Anyways, all right. Sounds good. Um, Well, today. Tony I wanted to go through kind of a rundown. it has actually been a while since we've had a show the draft is coming on free agency is coming on so I kind of created a rundown list and I figured we just kind of rapid fire through them get through them as many as we can here before we uh we wrap up the show all right sounds good let's go first item up for bid uh was the uh the 2020 draft at first, before we get to the wilds pick, what did you think of just how it was done? I guess I mean they kind of brought everybody into an an NHL virtual room. Um, it felt a lot like the NFL draft, to be honest. But um, I thought, for as bad as some things can can go with the NHL, I thought it was it went off with mostly without a hitch.
1: Yeah, it went off without a hitch. I will say that it was long but at least it was also boring
0: (laughs) oh my god was it long i mean i know day two like had a couple of fireworks early on we're like "Hey, hey all right and then it was um, nothing really happened, and this is going on for eight hours. That's a huge problem with me is that just
1: there, there's no good trades, and I know that uh, we're gonna talk about one that happened on draft day in a little bit, but there's no good trades that happen at the draft anymore. Last year, I think the big ticket item was uh, was PK Subban moving, and, and like PK, I, I think he'd been hurt by injuries or something like that, and, and he hasn't mm-hmm. like fully recovered uh, from that, and and maybe he never will. So like. That was that was the big move, and like I like PK uh, a lot. Right. I think he's a uh, I think he's a great player, but you know just he's a, a hell of a personality
0: for the NHL. Too. Just
1: an injured older player being the big ticket item that's not super exciting, and and they say this every draft, Joe, and every trade deadline too. And I feel like it gets worse and worse. Like oh man, there's gonna be so many yeah. trades at the draft. There's gonna be so many trades at the deadline, and never is. It gets, it gets worse, Joe. It gets worse every day. Oh, it's brutal. So,
0: uh, uh, speaking of the draft, we might as well move on the wild got their guy who they said that they were targeting the whole time, but uh, this is the first time I might actually believe them. They drafted Marco Rossi from the yeah. Ottawa 67s.
1: Yeah. Marco Rossi, uh five, nine center, which is, is probably why he fell so far uh because of just the, the size, you know, however advanced, they're getting in terms of like, Oh yeah. Smaller players can play. Uh, There's something about getting under five ten That really seems to scare scouts. Doesn't (laughs) it?
0: Yeah. It happened with Cole Caulfield the, uh, the year before. And, um, you know, I think Travis connect was one that was rumored to go high back in 2015. That continued to kind of drop down actually to the wild. And then the wild ended up passing on him for, uh, for jewel, Erickson Eck. And, uh, of course we know kind of how that worked out. Um, Which, I mean, I know Ericssonet gets a lot of crap for being a first-round pick and not being super productive offensively, but like he is a very, very solid player in his own right. As even just a defensive specialist, like that's not a terrible thing either. Yeah, it's done nothing for sure. Uh, We we should
1: talk about Rossi, and I think uh, you're definitely going to ask me like what I think about the Rossi pick. I really liked it uh, when it happened because. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, first of all, you have Rossi sliding to Minnesota at nine. I did not think that they were going to be able to get Rossi at nine, Man. but then he uh he tumbles down the draft. Minnesota doesn't overthink it. Uh credit to Judd Brackett. Doesn't uh doesn't try to, you know, uh, you, you know, does like I said, doesn't doesn't try to overthink it at all, gets the, <laughs> the guy who is is the best player available, and I think he is or he was the best player available and he was probably the best player available for Buffalo. The pick before maybe New Jersey, the pick before that mm-hmm. um, maybe uh, better than a, than uh than what Ottawa got at five and Jake Sanderson, no offense to him. Uh, maybe even better than Jamie Drysdale at six. Like Marco Rossi was legitimately a top five pick talent. It's just that it, it's a deeper draft and he's five, nine. If he was six foot. Oh, and scored 120 points in 56 junior uh, league games, uh, he'd be mm-hmm. like the number three pick. Uh, oh, definitely. But yeah, uh, their loss, our gain, and uh, and I, it was it was hard to feel anything but really great about it.
0: Yeah, you can actually see our live reaction. Just go to the 10K Rinks Facebook page, and we we have a video from. Uh, have basically recorded as it happened. We re reacted. Uh, we were joined by uh, drew Cole from 10 K as well as uh, Jesse Pierce, who we've had many times on the show and from BarDown beauties and NHL.com. And that was a really, really fun night to kind of watch it happen. And as, as it was happening, I was like th- the top 10 really felt like guys that got a lot of steam late the more and more we got away from like actual games played like two players that come into mind is Jake Sanderson and Jack Quinn, two guys that went top 10 really early that definitely made Marco Rossi or helped Marco Rossi to fall to the Minnesota wild.
1: Yeah. The Jack Quinn at pick eight was particularly funny just because one Buffalo could definitely have used a center in their pipeline, I know they have Dylan Cousins, but it's possible that he shifts to the wing, right? And then you could have mm-hmm. had Marco Rossi uh, step in at uh, at center in uh, what a year or two, maybe even as soon as this year. We'll maybe talk about right. that in a little bit. Uh, but two, uh, they played on the same team. Jack Quinn and Marco Rossi played on the same team, and Quinn got oh, that- oh. thirty more points, thirty-one more points in six fewer games. It's absolutely bonkers.
0: <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy i i just like i said I, I knew that it's felt like uh those two players were really getting a late charge up the uh up the draft board where i think originally they were kind of slated to go around mid mid-teens maybe maybe right after pick 10 mm-hmm. um but no so i i i think that definitely helps the wild case uh Rossi, I do believe, is the player that they were trying to target. Um, and, uh, you know, looking at the uh, the skill set there, too, like this is exactly the kind of player the Minnesota Wild need in their pipeline. How so, Joe? Well, he's uh, one of those guys that uh, can score, and he's a, a hell of a playmaker, but he's got the uh, kind of like that just compete level. And I wrote an article at 10K Ranks about how this draft really just – really went after like guys that kind of have a piss and vinegar edge to them. You know what I mean? Like they're good and they're skilled, but they got a bit of an attitude to them. And I think for a team that has been very, um, milk toast in the Minnesota wild, uh, attitude is good. It's good to get those types of players. I think Fiala has got some attitude. I can't wait to see what Caprizov has. And, uh, I'm, I'm all for, the addition of uh, of these young guys that come in with a little bit of swagger a little bit of cockiness says i'm gonna be good i'm gonna be playing day one and uh also guys that aren't willing that are willing to uh to to attack the middle of the ice and kind of have this fearlessness like they even with some of the other players that were taken later in the draft
1: i was really encouraged by the fact that uh that not only was rossi able to lead his league in scoring and the o h l is a pretty you know good elite league full of elite talent right at mm-hmm. least in terms of junior talent um so not only was he able to lead them in scoring he was also uh by according to some scouts like the best defensive center in yeah that uh, too uh in uh in this draft perhaps um, really well rounded. Um, absolutely takes uh, his uh, his fitness seriously. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, Joe, like working out. Yeah. Um, he's put in 600 hours in the gym during quarantine, which is, uh, I mean, admittedly about 200 hours less than I've put in the gym, but still <laughs> pretty impressive. Uh, and uh, and he is an absolute like, he's absolutely jacked. Like, there's nothing. Uh there's nothing else you can say about yeah, that, no. about him. Uh, at Definitely. least in terms of fitness. Um so uh I, I think that uh he is he's got as good of a chance as anyone at that size to uh mm-hmm. to hold up in the NHL and hold up at center. A lot of lower body strength, a lot of skills too, like um you, you uh you hope that after you know six months in the gym right uh hopefully working even more on his lower body hoping to get uh you know a little more speed a little more burst if he can get that into his skating at, at, or, or more of a top speed too um he's got he's got a, a good amount of burst in, in like the offensive zone but if he can get more top mm-hmm. speed uh watch out because this is a guy who can go through you and if he can skate by you too like he develops <laughs> that then uh Let's
0: go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, let's go to draft day number two. Started off with the bang, a really uh unexpected. I think it caught a lot of bu- people by surprise. Even uh Marco Russo My- Marco <laughs> Michael Russo even said he was kind of caught off guard by it too, but they traded uh Luke Cunning and uh what was it like pick 101 for Nick Benino 70? and then also pick 37 um Luke Cunning gone yeah uh, it was uh it was a little surprising
1: to uh, to see it happen but you know um, it made a lot of sense to me i wrote about it at 10krings.com where you know you just had a situation where you had donato you didn't have enough minutes to have a place for donato in the lineup what do you do then You know, your options aren't great. They ended up selling low on Donato, flipping him to San Jose for just a third round pick, which Mm -hmm. I I think that San Jose can get a lot more than a third round pick um, out uh, 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 worth of value out of Donato. So you sold low on him with Luke Cunning, Like, yeah, like he's, you know, good enough to get minutes in, in the lineup next year uh but what happens when you know some of your wingers and, and remember you've got a lot of wingers coming up through your system and that's if you know guys like Hovanov, rossi uh, murat who's nadinov who they picked with uh the pick that they got for coming the second round pick that they got for coming if um if they move to wing it gets even more crowded when you uh consider you know matt boldy's coming up you got uh kaprizov about to make the nhl you have uh who am I? Who am I missing?
0: Um, Boldy. And there's Connor Dewar. There's there's a couple of players. Oh, wow. I didn't think too. of Connor Dewar. Um, right. I know. But Adam Beckman is another player that eventually will
1: come in. Vladislav, first off, like you've got yeah. a lot of guys coming in. And if you don't think that Conan's a center and you think that, you know, he's like a fine, you know, good, not great winger. Ah, uh, but you know, maybe uh, maybe someone who might not keep their spot once you start having uh, a bunch of younger talent crop up, then sell now, sell now while his mm-hmm. value is high, and yeah, it could get higher. But also, uh, low-key has not been a great player for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think I, I've touched on it like a little before. I've I've hinted at it a little before. Um, but his wins above replacement stats uh pretty bad Uh, pretty bad a a lot of it is um a lot of it is negative defensive value and especially as a penalty killer so like there's like an easy enough fix there you just don't let him play the penalty kill and uh and maybe he's fine um but you know i do
0: think that poses a problem in the modern day nhl though because i do think coaches are trying to platoon out their penalty kills more often. When you get into like penalty um power kill type situations as well, like you still have to defend at least a little bit. And if you're not really even that good as a defender, um that can kind of be rough for a player. I did see Cunning characterized as kind of a jag, you know, um just just a guy. Um uh, certainly a, a player that has some skill, has a some uh, qualities to him that you like. But on this team, it just didn't seem like he was fitting very well.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm probably in that category of people who think that Luke Cunningham, you know, I, I think he might score 20 goals, but I don't know how much mm-hmm. value he'll actually carry to a team. So if you can sell him now for basically the, the value of a first-round pick, like a late first-round pick, I, I think uh, the the draft pick math added up to about, a, 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 a I think, the 28th pick in the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the combined value of the 37th and what was it, 70th uh, picks in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can get that kind of value for Cunning, go get it. Get it now while the getting's good.
0: I think a lot of people were focused on the Nick the Nick Benino acquisition in that trade, and I'm looking at it going, no, it was absolutely to give Judd Brackett pick 37.
1: Yeah, Uh, you know like no disrespect to nick benino nick benino is is probably a better player than nick or than luke cunning is right now sure um and you know like having a having a guy be able to fill in uh for a year while you know rossi either transitions to the nhl in uh this upcoming season or um you know just a a stopgap for a full year while you wait for rossi to be nhl ready you know either of those two things are great. Uh you might be able to flip uh Benino at the deadline for second round pick. Maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of the thing I'm hoping for. Um <laughs> but you know, like yeah, like it, it's it, it's absolutely about the picks. They do not make that deal without the picks. This is not uh this is not Paul Fenton we're talking about here.
0: And then when you and it comes down to it, they get their they get pick 70, which was their pick in the Mikhail Grandland trade for Kevin Fiala. No, nope. so they... that was their
1: pick uh, in the Adam Beckman trade.
0: Oh, Adam I'm Beckman, Beckman trade, I'm Adam sorry. Not Mikhail McCall- yeah, you... So
1: It was their pick originally. They did get it back, and, uh, okay. and they were able to use that to uh, trade up uh, to get Damon Hunt after they got uh, Ryan O'Rourke at pick 39, which was their pick mm-hmm. entering the day. Uh, both of those are left shot defensemen.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy. I do want to touch on uh, pick thirty-seven though. They Ooh, did we uh, forgot all about. That. We forgot to talk about Marat, and I'm and and this is how I think it's pronounced. I do think the kh sound in Russian is actually like that, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I think it's Marat Khusnutinov, maybe, maybe I don't maybe, know.
1: Maybe, maybe. Hold on, uh, give me one. Khabanov
0: and Habibulan.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll see what hey, happens when energy hey. comes over. Don't be fooled by the rocks that Marat. I'm still. I'm still. Who's Nadina from the block?
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but he's the uh, the Russian uh, forward that they picked at pick thirty seven. Um, one player that you were absolutely eyeing up. You. You. I think I saw you fist pump through Twitter when he was picked. Um, Really targeted a lot of skill with this player. He's also, in, uh, I think his weapon is speed in this case. And so uh, tell us more why you kind of eyed him up first and then why you're really happy with that pick.
1: Yeah, who's the it's a little interesting because he sounds a lot like Marco Rossi, actually, uh, yeah. where... Uh, you are right that uh, that his speed is, is a little more of a focus of his game than uh, than Rossi is. Um, Rossi's probably more skilled. Uh, Nadinov is faster. Um, it it, it kind of depends on who you ask, but I've got uh, I've got a scout uh, contact uh, that I know uh, th- that makes it sound way more official than it is. Um, Tobias <laughs> Patterson, who writes I think for the Prospect Network, and he lives out in Sweden, so he gets to see a lot of the European uh prospects play uh he calls who's nadinov the uh the fastest player in this year's draft uh okay. so you know if if that's if that's even half true then whoo you got speed up the middle and yeah. that is something if getting
0: that, younger and faster is something that you want from the minnesota wild that's that's a player
1: absolutely it's 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 fantastic so you have uh you have who's nadinov uh and rossi uh perhaps both of them can stick at center up the middle both of them have defensive value that's another thing that they have in common um like I said who's uh, a little less skilled um, he had a he had a pretty good start in the MHL uh, this year and, and now it got called up to the KHL already um the MHL is the junior league in Russia to be clear um and yeah like he uh, he's an interesting uh, he's an interesting prospect I'm, I'm really excited to
0: have him at, at this second round. And then as we move on through the rest of the draft, you know, they, they picked Ryan O'Rourke and then Damon hunt, and then finished by calling it quits after the fifth round, because that draft was dragging on for too long by picking (laughs) by, by trading their sixth and seventh round picks up to the end of the fifth round to pick Pavel Novak out of the Czech Republic. Um, The two left-handed defensemen in O'Rourke and hunt, um, two guys again that have just kind of that, that edge like O'Rourke was a captain at 17 years old and you know his coaches and, and teammates rave about just kind of like how he's willing to just just do it you know just get the job done and he's got uh, some skill I think he's I think his skill is set more as like a um, it's got some skating to him he can skate it up but he can also uh, pass pretty effectively up for the rush as well mm. uh, which I mean, this team needs to get better in transition. And if you've got guys, I mean, Brodine is a, a really solid player, I think, in transition. I think Matt Dumba's good in transition. Jared Spurgeon might be the best defenseman on this team in transition. Um, but I do think, like, you are rounding out your prospects, you want guys that can have that to their game as well.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, definitely. uh, You know, uh, I I think a lot of people were excited about O'Rourke in particular um, because of that snarl of that piss and vinegar that you mentioned earlier, Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, you can't just do that, and to uh, to be able to have someone who offers you a little bit of that and also is able to uh, to be a mobile defenseman, like you, absolutely, like maybe maybe O'Rourke isn't a, a number one pairing guy. Maybe he's not a top pairing guy, but you absolutely need guys on your second and third pair who can move the puck up ice. Like, having that up and down the lineup is essential. That's, uh,
0: that's... This is going back a long time ago, but that's why I liked when Jonathan Blum was in the lineup. Like, he wasn't so much a great defenseman or necessarily really a good defenseman, per se. Um... But he wasn't Clayton Stoner, you know. Mm-hmm. He actually had some mobility to his game, and he could play fast. He, I thought he made the team look faster, and it didn't always have to be chipped up off, uh, you know, off the high glass or anything like that. So, like back in the day, like John Blum was like, "Put him in, let him play," and obviously he ended up going to Europe and kind of coming, phasing out of the NHL. So what do I know, right? But uh, what do we it know? Just, I like, the, I like the difference of the game because it wasn't predicated off of just physicality and you're in there because you know how to punch faces. Um, which some people are going to probably look at Damon Hunt as kind of being that guy uh, because he's got a mean streak. And tell me, um, if you like guys that are so sour that they're going to snatch the puck out of the net for their for the opposing goalie's first win and throw it in the crowd. Uh, that's fantastic. It's real petty hours and I'm here for it. <laughs> it is It is so good. Um, I'm oh, hoping but, that he can kind of bring. He can
1: also move for the puck as well. Like that's. Right. That's that's again. You need that mobility, and Hunt is probably more of a defensive defenseman than O'Rourke is. Mm-hmm. But you know, any mobility you can get from a guy who is your defensive defenseman, like you, that's good. That's useful. You you need that, and also he had even more time cut off from his development last year than uh, than everyone else did because he had an injury that put him out of the lineup for uh, for some time. Um, and yeah. Uh, if, you know, he can get his development back on track, maybe there is another level, but yeah.
0: Yeah, real nasty skate cut into the forearm is what I understand is what it was. So, you know. Not great. Not great. Four months, I think, prior to the shutdown, he basically lost or something like that. So just just super crazy. But uh, from what the, the wild scouting staff did see, they did like, so pretty pretty awesome and then they also rounded out with pavel novak novak uh out of the czech republic a little bit more of a project when you're down in the fifth round but uh again a player that uh i think was a captain on his national team and uh somebody that uh, i think can uh you know has an ability as a i think he's right wing i think he's yeah. a right winger so um somebody that uh, you hope that you can kind of to grow and develop as well you know, I, I think that he's. Uh, I think that he is
1: a little interesting, uh, just because you know, you you look at him, you got him in the fifth round. Again, he's small. Uh, Minnesota picked small forwards in this draft. Uh, all all three of them are listed at five nine right now, um, but all three of them were pretty productive last year, and uh, Novak was no exception. You got a point per game guy, and I I th- yeah, he he is fairly young uh, like Mm -hmm. towards the younger end of the draft too. So you have a guy who's, uh, who was able to put up 58 points in 55 games for the Kelowna walk, uh, Rockets. Sorry, that tripped me up. Um, (laughs) and you know, like that's, that's interesting. I can, uh, I, I can, I can keep an eye on that guy. And, uh, and see, you know, if he adds an extra element of speed to his game, uh, that's kind mm-hmm. of the thing that's holding him back. There's uh, there's mixed reviews on, on uh, whether he'll be able to have the speed to hack at the NHL. Yeah. But you know, like he's he's already uh, putting up a point per game in the WHL in, in his draft year. Let's see where this goes.
0: Yeah, Dan Myers of uh, Wild. dot on Twitter. And when he was drafted was kind of comparing the situation, not necessarily the player, but the situation to what Adam Beckman was dealing with in his draft year. And the next year he absolutely blew up. So not to say that, that Novak is going to do that, but he had let's more points per game him.
1: than Beckman had last year. Oh, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but
0: yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, That was it for the draft. We got a couple more topics to rattle off here before we run out of time. But um, uh, right after the draft, we got into free agency. Um, Seemed like a lot happened. The Minnesota Wild, not so much happened. They did just go after a goaltender to solve their situation for the next three seasons. And they ended up going, uh, looking towards Cam Talbot's way. What's your thoughts on Cam Talbot? Meh. Like that's
1: that's, that's, that's it. it. That's a it's it's a pretty big meh for me from Cam Talbot. Like I don't know. Like he's okay as an option of the guys available in the off season. Like he's an okay bet to uh to place your chips on. He had a solid season in Calgary last year before kind of. um uh, Slowly seeing his numbers decline after being ridden a lot by Edmonton, he played 140 oh, yeah. games, 140 starts, not just games, starts in two years in Edmonton. Um, uh, um, not in not not the only two years that he had in Edmonton, but uh, in his 2016-17 season, where he finished either second or third in the vet. No, he finished fourth. He should have won the Vezina that year. Um, <laughs> and then uh. And then uh, the the next season after that, he played in 67 games in addition to 73 the year before. So a lot of miles on Cam Talbot already. Uh, I mm-hmm. think he's older than Dubnik, which also yeah. gives
0: me a little bit of pause. 33 in like 100 days or so a couple days ago.
1: I mean, less miles overall, but, uh, you know, those two years, like, it's possible that those two years just, you know, uh, he, he he might have uh blown out his tires right there at least as as a starting goaltender. Uh last year uh when he was in Calgary it was more of a backup situation. Um so, you know, he
0: It's kind of what Dubnik did.
1: Yeah, that's Arizona. true. That's what
0: he did in Arizona. It's actually what I wrote about this week on 10K Rinks was that the Oilers just break goalies. Like they run them into the <laughs> ground. They don't defend worth a damn and you know, by year three, you know, they're traded because they've completely fallen apart. They can't stop anything. And really the Oilers still don't figure out how to way to defend their goalies. So they completely fall out. They're basically on the brink of being out of the league. And then they, they figure out a way to to find a situation where they can kind of back up and, and kind of get their game back on track. And it's, it's just kind of funny how it all parallels the, uh, Dubnik situation. Obviously, Dubnik was a little bit younger at that time, but um uh if you just watch, if you look at their graphs, like goals save above expected, and it's just amazing how they just fall off the table in year three. Well, it's technically year four. Well, but... speaking
1: of year three, right? Like that's a that's a three-year contract. That was one thing I didn't like about that deal. Uh, mm-hmm. was that you know, not that they pick can't help it. But that they were like, okay, here you go, have a three year deal when he's going to be uh, he's going to be 35 at the end of it, and it's like, ah, you couldn't have gotten to couldn't have just gotten to you couldn't have given him like a little bit more money maybe 4.5 million cap hit in two years just to get him in and out of your organization in two years because we have seen the third year on that deal joe we have seen that go poorly before we know how this movie ends <laughs> usually in some sort of buyout right in a buyout uh in dubnik's case even uh that was a six-year deal but in dubnik's case uh you know just uh just uh you know finding anybody to take him and uh and getting uh, a fifth round pick for it, which honestly, like, we didn't talk about that move, but I just that you didn't have to buy out Dubnik, like, that's fine, it's fine with me.
0: yeah, right, um, exactly. But you don't have that money on the books for an extra year after he's not even on the team, uh, but like, can't
1: tell, but the player I'm okay with as like a stopgap mm-hmm. or whatever, sure. um, but uh, can't tell, but the contract, uh, it better work out.
0: (laughs) All right. And then, uh, the, uh, also at the draft, the, the, um, commissioner, I almost said GM, the commissioner came out and Gary Bettman and said that, uh, they're targeting a January start for the next season. Um, January 1st seems kind of arbitrary, but, uh, you know, maybe if it, maybe it's mid-January. How, do, what do you think about January start? Um, I I'm
1: kind of hoping it happens just because I don't want to sit around on a on a four month plus off season on the heels of our last four month plus off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I'm skeptical as to whether they'll get that done.
0: What's crazy is uh, not crazy, but uh, coming from where we've seen it with. The NFL and having a, a number of different tests come back positive the, and, and, uh Minnesota United FC of the uh, MLS, you know, they had a positive test and had to postpone games. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals. What did they have? They had a couple of things um, run through them. The Florida Marlins, like the NBA and NHL bubbles worked Right. And, if they're going to go back to playing in their home arenas, I think that's going to be weird, which is why it's going to lead me into the next topic too, that they might start with divisional bubbles to start where you're going to have multiple ones across the nation, including an all Canada division slash bubble um, because, you know, Canada doesn't want anything to do with the U S and their uh, current situation with, uh, with COVID-19. Is there anybody that you'd like to see in the Wilds bubble on a regular basis either just to be able to see them more frequently because there's some NHL star that we just don't get treated to enough or is it uh is there a team that maybe you just think that would be uh, uh like the um oh you mean if the they punching bubble bag. up
1: if they bubble up like entire divisions or whatever?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um
1: that we don't get to see normally? Ah uh... I don't know, like, I'm really paranoid that if they do something like that, which I I don't know if they will or not, Uh, I don't think they're gonna do a bubble again. Uh, straight up, I don't think they're going to do a bubble game. But if right. they restrict teams, I know, Joe, I know deep in my heart of hearts that they are moving the wild to the Pacific Division. And the Minnesota <laughs> they are going to have, like, all 10-30 start games on the road. Oh. I know it's going to happen. So uh, my hope is anything but that. But uh, <laughs> deep in my heart, like, you know it, I know it. We're getting 10-30 starts all year next year. Bring on the Detroit Red Wings,
0: baby. <laughs> I'd love it. Uh, both, you know, I don't know. It's what would, what do they start? 6. PM rather than 7. PM. So, yeah.
1: Detroit starts at 6. PM.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Bring it on. Columbus. Maybe. It's I don't know. We to see I want Me- to have
1: a rivalry with the Penguins
0: or Columbus. Maybe want we get to see Nico come back. the
1: wild to intentionally injure every one of the Penguins. So maybe we can get <laughs> higher traffic.
0: Uh, but Joke, yeah.
1: Parodies, we- satire.
0: We uh we didn't we didn't talk about that, but uh, maybe Columbus and have get to be able to see Miko in a different uniform.
1: Oh, that really sucks to see. I'm sorry, uh, it just made you sad. It did. It made me very sad. Like just like uh you know like if I had a choice between like you know moving on for Koivu for next year and just like letting him have you know the 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 ending that he probably deserved here. Uh, I would just have let him stay for another year. I don't think that it's uh it was that urgent to uh to get Miko out the door if he wasn't gonna go, and now he's gonna play in Columbus. He's gonna wear that uh, that ugly Columbus uniform. Oh man! And that's gonna be like a stain on uh, all of our memories in the state of hockey.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, probably. And then uh, as we wrap up, Tony. Yeah, uh, we have an announcement. I mean, like, not an announcement you guys are going to like. No, no, it's not. But uh, Tony and I have decided that this is going to be our final show with the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Wild.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess uh, if we're if we're explaining the the whys of it um you know i think it was a a fun and worthwhile experiment to uh try doing a a daily podcast which is what locked on wants in there uh they absolutely should uh should you know pursue that vision uh it was just not a vision that you know with me starting a new job and having some odd jobs as well um and uh and other stuff too right like just uh you know families life it was too difficult I think for us to be able to uh, go through the daily show that is locked on podcasts of vision and we uh, we definitely wish them uh, luck with their network and their show mm-hmm. and want to say thank you for all the help and support uh, it just was something that we ultimately decided uh, this uh this this doesn't fit into our lives anymore
0: well it's it's tough too because like you said it's it's a lot to handle and you know i think it can hasten burnout a little bit in a sense too uh where you're just kind of like you step away and it's like okay now you're now you got anxiety dude did we take too long of a break and stuff like that and it's just like look uh the schedule is kind of rough to fit into just everyday things and um and so you know that's that's on us. That's not locked on. Yeah, They've been they've
1: been real. They've been they've been real ones.
0: But we're not going to completely go away. I mean, so no.
1: So like I, we can't announce what we have uh, up next um, right. or anything like that. Uh, we will. Uh, probably at least have the beginnings of whatever's next for us and, and this is not the last time that Joe and I are podcasting, this is not the last time we're podcasting together uh, we will ha- probably have uh, some next steps coming up relatively soon uh, we just can't announce that yet and we want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter, at Ohai Tony, at JoeBoo15 at 10KRinks and, uh, and, and be able to keep up with what's going on with us there if you don't have twitter that's not a problem uh visit 10k rings pretty regularly i'm sure we'll have updates there as as they come and then um if you want to just email us uh, my email address is tony abbott hw that's a b b o t t h w at gmail.com and uh, and if you want to be like hey can you let me know i don't have twitter uh, when when you have something coming up next uh, WTF I, will,
0: night. <laughs> I will i will
1: do that i will do that for you
0: yeah absolutely so definitely follow us on social media follow uh 10k rinks on facebook as well um and uh bookmark that uh, that page uh you will we'll still be writing in the meantime as well uh it is off season so i mean you know it's off season <laughs> so uh but uh when we finally get closer to the season and things like that definitely pay attention we will we will be back just uh not with uh with lockdown and so this is going to be our sign off on lockdown wild it's been uh me joe bully as your host with tony abbott and uh you have a good day
1: i saluted the. Uh... Yeah, microphone.
0: that that goes out to y'all Bye. I knows about the hawk recently you <laughs>